Before we begin today's story, I wanted to take a moment to speak with you. First, we wanted to announce that it has been one year since we released our first episode. Thank you to everyone for your support. We know you have plenty of options out there, so we really appreciate you for choosing to listen to Ashwood. Second, we want to apologize for not releasing anything new for a while. As many of you know, we had a family emergency that required our full attention. Thank you to everyone who responded with kind words and prayers. For those wondering, everyone is doing well. Lastly, we wanted to announce that we are now selling Ashwood merch in our online store at www.ashwoodstories.com. We love bringing you chilling stories and haunting music, but it also costs us time and money to do so. You can support us while still looking fabulous by visiting our website and purchasing something from our store. By doing so, you are helping us keep Ashwood going. We will be offering new products and memberships soon, so make sure you keep checking our websites for updates. Thanks again, everyone. And now, on with the story. Welcome to Ashwood. Dark Stories for Bright Minds. Tricked. John sat quietly with the candy bowl in his lap. He had placed one of his kitchen chairs just a few feet away from the front door. For the first time in his life, he had carved a pumpkin and placed it on his front porch. He had never decorated for Halloween before, but he knew from watching movies that a pumpkin with a face carved in it was typical. As the sun began to drop behind the mountains in the distance, he got close to having another episode. He closed his eyes and performed the breathing exercises that his doctor had taught him. This was going to be the biggest test for him yet, and he knew it had to be today. If he did not do this tonight, he would likely have to wait another year before making any progress. John was a young man who had been diagnosed with severe agoraphobia and panic disorder. His mother was a shut-in who never left the house unless absolutely necessary. As a result, John almost never went outside his entire childhood. When he did, he learned from his mother's cues to be overly cautious about everyone and everything. So, just like his mother, he spent his entire life within the walls of their ancient home that had belonged to their family for generations. The only people he ever spent any time with were his mother and their maid, Jamie. Jamie was very kind to John. She had begun to introduce John to the outside world by taking him on walks. At first, he had experienced anxiety attacks just a few steps outside the door. Over time, however, he had learned to enjoy it. For the first time in his life, he was experiencing the sights, sounds, and smells of the changing seasons. Jamie also showed him different places around the world through her phone. She would show him pictures of her with her own friends and family. She would show him videos from countries he had only read about in books. John's mother could see how much he loved it, so she had the maid buy him a phone of his own. 
That would prove to be his saving grace. Just a few months later, both his mother and Jamie passed away. The maid had died on her way home from the grocery store one evening when a drunk driver had run a red light as Jamie was crossing the street. John's mother was so overcome with grief that she died a few weeks later. He was suddenly left completely alone, inside a house he did not know how to leave. Thanks to the phone that Jamie had given him, John discovered that he could have groceries delivered to his home. He requested that they be left on the porch so he never had to interact with the delivery people. He also discovered he could have food delivered from restaurants. He slowly went out of his comfort zone and began to try new foods. For a while, he was able to distract himself from his loneliness by spending all day on his phone, learning about the outside world, and trying new foods every evening for dinner. However, it did not take long before the feeling of isolation took over, and he craved human interaction. He was stuck in limbo between crippling loneliness and anxiety. As much as he missed having someone to talk to, he was terrified of meeting anyone. The things he learned on his phone did not help him trust mankind either. It seemed there was something terrible happening every day, and people seemed to enjoy arguing with one another about everything. John prayed every day that he would have Jamie back and his mother as well. One day he saw an ad for an in-home psychologist that specialized in anxiety-related issues. As much as John was terrified of inviting someone into his home, his loneliness got the best of him, and he decided to contact the psychologist. The next week, John was welcoming an older man into his own home so that they could find a way to help John overcome what was wrong with him. Over several months and plenty of other doctors to help, John had made incredible improvement. He was going on walks by himself without anxiety attacks. He had even begun going to the grocery store and restaurants himself. It was not easy for him, but he had finally come to realize that his life had not been normal and he needed to fix it. The only problem was that he was still not sure what normal meant. In spite of all the progress he was making, John was still terrified of one thing in particular, Halloween night. His mother never handed out candy to the children. John's only experience with Halloween was when his mother would hide with him in her bedroom and try to ignore people knocking on the door and ringing the bell. This scarred John as he grew up thinking that Halloween was some awful day where people could go around and terrorize everyone else without consequences. When he built up the courage to look outside the window, he would see people, including children, wearing costumes and running around with bags over their shoulders, no doubt carrying all the things they stole from the houses they had broken into. Each October would fill him with dread as he anticipated Halloween night, and he wondered when they would finally become the victims to the horrible holiday. Fortunately, Jamie had taught him about the true meaning of Halloween. She taught him about the traditions and activities. John learned that the costumes were not meant to hide one's identity when committing a crime, but it was just meant to be a fun activity. When John first heard that children rang the doorbell in hopes of being handed candy, he could not believe it. He could not believe that their parents would just let them wander around the neighborhood, ringing doorbells, and accepting candy from total strangers. As much as Jamie had tried to ease his nerves every year, he learned more from his mother's actions, 
and remained terrified of Halloween all his life. That is why John was now sitting by his front door, watching the sun invite the dark night to engulf the world, and the crowds of trick-or-treaters along with it. He had agreed with his doctor that he needed to do this. He needed to hand out candy on Halloween night. He needed to prove to himself that it was a harmless holiday. The doctor had explained to him that some people can get rowdy, but they never actually intended on hurting anyone. That was one of John's main concerns, because he was aware that he still did not understand social cues very well, so he would not understand how to react if some troublemakers came along. John continued doing his breathing exercises while staring out the front window. The sun was gone now, and the moon had not yet crept into the sky, so his front yard seemed ominously dark. The only source of light was the very faint and flickering glow from his jack-o'-lantern. It cast a large face across his lawn that danced back and forth as if laughing. Finally, he heard footsteps in the distance, then the voices of children laughing and talking, then the doorbell. John held his breath and waited a moment. He was frozen in place, hugging the bowl of candy close against his lap. He felt a panic attack coming, so he closed his eyes and tried to push it away. The veiled children outside knocked on the door. Each rap of the door felt like a hammer on the side of John's head. He tried to push his terror down into his gut, but it was no use. Then, as easily as they had approached, he heard them stepping away. He watched them through the window descend down his lawn, turn, and head up the next house. They rang the neighbor's doorbell. Moments later, a woman opened the door and dropped candy into each child's bag. She laughed and pointed at each child as she did so. Then she closed the door and the children moved on to the next house. John felt a sudden calm sweep over him. It really was completely harmless. He had nothing to be afraid of. Moments later, there was another knock at the door. It was surprisingly easy for him to get up and open it. He was shocked at himself as he swung the door open and remained calm as the children shouted, Trick or treat! They opened their bags to him and John dropped a piece of candy in each bag. The children thanked him one by one and left. John closed the door behind him and felt a heavy weight fall off his shoulders. He realized that he was perfectly safe. Halloween was harmless. The rest of the night went by, and John found himself enjoying every bit of it. The children were all so happy, which filled him with delight. Some costumes scared him, but many of them were very cute. He especially liked the little girls who seemed to have a vast knowledge of different princesses and fairies. Before long, the kids had stopped coming around, and he only had a few pieces of candy left. When the candle in his pumpkin went out, John decided to call it a night. He set down the bowl in his kitchen and retired to his bedroom, relieved to have survived the night. Just as he was getting into bed, he heard some commotion outside his front door again. Excited to see another group of children in costumes he did not understand, he jumped out of the room and grabbed the bowl. He swung the door open and saw four older-looking boys wearing dark clothes and black masks. Their costumes did not make any sense to him, but that was nothing different from the rest of the night. He waited for them to say trick-or-treat, 
but they just stood there staring at him. You're supposed to say trick or treat, he told them, glad to help out. The boys looked back at each other for a moment before one of them said it. John laughed and handed them candy. It was just then that he realized they had not brought any bags with them. It seemed odd to him, but he also knew that this entire holiday was completely new to him. Suddenly, one of the boys shoved past John and entered the house. The other three followed behind, paying no mind to John standing in the doorway. John tried to make sense of what was happening, but he did not understand. He began to think about his mother, curled up in bed, terrified of the harmless holiday year after year. John reminded himself that there was nothing to be afraid of and welcomed the boys into his home. He asked them what kind of game they were playing, and the boys began to laugh. John laughed along with them, although he did not understand the joke. They told him to go wait in his bedroom for a surprise. John was shocked that they were going to be so kind, but he remembered that this holiday was all about giving treats to strangers. So John agreed and went to his room. He waited inside for a while, excited about what sort of surprise would be waiting for him. The entire situation seemed incredibly strange to him, but so had the whole night. There were several times that he felt fear and anxiety building in his gut, but he kept telling himself that, even though it seemed strange, this was perfectly normal on Halloween. As time went on and he could hear plenty of loud noises from inside the house, John began to grow impatient. He decided to peek outside the door to see what was going on. He was horrified to see the house almost completely bare. Anything of value was gone, and the boys were hauling it all outside. John stepped out of his room and demanded to know what was happening. As he did so, he felt an anxiety attack coming. The room began to spin, and he gasped for air. He fell to the floor and grabbed his chest, trying his hardest to breathe normally. The boys approached him and John froze. They gathered around and stared at him as he lay motionless on the floor. One of them laughed and proceeded to take everything out of John's room. John could not move a muscle as he watched the boys take everything dear to him and haul it outside. Finally, as they all finished up, the boy who had laughed at John approached him. The boy checked all of John's pockets. John watched helplessly as the boy pulled the phone out of John's pocket. John wanted to grab it, but it was no use. He watched helplessly as the boy put the phone into his own pocket. That was the last gift he had from Jamie. It was the reason he was able to survive all this time since she had died. It was his only real source of happiness since she had died. Then the boy walked out the front door and closed it behind him. John remained unmoved on the floor, feeling the overwhelming silence and emptiness inside his home. He allowed his mother's home to be violated. Even when he could move again, he did not want to. He stayed in the same spot, crying all night. He realized that his mother was right. The world was a terrifying place, and he would rather die alone inside his house than live a long life out there with the monsters that ran around with fake faces. Just before the sun rose, John closed his eyes and fell asleep. Dreaming of laying wrapped in his mother's arms, far from the dangers of Halloween night. Today's story was written and narrated by me, Joey Kluge. 
Music and editing by Stephen Reeder. If you enjoyed today's episode, we invite you to subscribe to this podcast. Also, it would be a great help to us if you could leave us a good review. You can learn more about Ashwood at www.ashwoodstories.com. We also have a store with Ashwood merchandise at the same address, www.ashwoodstories.com. You can also follow us on social media at Ashwood Stories. As always, thank you for listening. Stay bright, everyone.